0: Yeah, but I was, I was trying to show you that I do listen to all the words that come out of your mouth, or at least most of them anyway.
1: Uncaged Wisdom, Cheetah Digital's podcast for modern marketing.
0: Hello again, and welcome back to another episode of Uncaged Wisdom, the podcast for modern marketers. I'm Julia Brace Davis. And I'm Kayla Sigmar. On this special episode of Uncaged Wisdom, we'll be checking our vitals to see if personalization in the world of digital marketing, is alive and well. Our very special guest has dug himself out of at least three feet of snow to be here today. He's our sport-loving, saxophone-playing SVP of product marketing, a patriot to New England, probably starred in Goodwill Hunting, and host of Pulse Cheetah Digital's product podcast, it's Patrick Tripp. Welcome, Patrick.
2: Thank you, Julian and Kayla. I'm excited
0: to be here. I was particularly proud of that Um intro so I hope you liked it.
2: Very on point you know the weather here in Boston a ton of snow and um, you know you're picking up some great cues that we had from Signals this past fall so uh, love it.
0: Kayla we're going to be talking the wonderful world of marketing and personalization today and and uh, and what a journey we're going to take with Patrick Tripp but as always could you kick us off with our our icebreaker question. (laughs) All right. So as Julian mentioned, Patrick, you are a co-host of The Pulse. You
1: guys talk a lot about music, a lot about old school rock and roll. Our Ice Speaker question today. What is the first band that really got you into music and kind of brought your passion into it?
2: Yeah, that's a great question, uh, Kayla. And I've been playing the saxophone for 30 years. So it's funny, as a kid in elementary school, I started on like, you know, classical and jazz type stuff. And Made my way all the way through the spectrum. My musical interests are so crazy diverse. It's it's hilarious. But um, one band, The Police, was big for me early on, in the whole like box set thing, uh, which was obviously way post the band coming out. But um, yeah, I was really dug into that whole category as a as like a teenager, and and uh, went from there.
0: On to the main thrust of today's conversation which is personalization. I guess Patrick we thought we should probably collectively start at discussing what personalization actually means in the world of digital marketing and there are lots of different angles we could take at that In the world that you, me, and Kayla work in with all the great brands and marketers that work with us and Cheetah, where do we start with trying to understand personalization?
2: Yeah, sure. Uh, Personalization obviously is a term that's been thrown around in this industry for over 25 years. And it means a lot of different things to different brands, to different marketers. I think ultimately what we're trying to deliver is a unique experience for every individual that will really help drive them to be, You know an engaged consumer with the brand and really build that affinity over time uh delivering value right uh ensuring that there's real meaning in the engagement that you uh provide um but boy there's so many different manifestations of that um in digital even traditional channels today um we really see the gambit um across the board and um you know i think that's really evolved too over the years the definitions have really stretched
0: generally how wide is the spectrum when it comes to brands and their approach to personalization that you've seen? Because brands are all over the spectrum in terms of how sophisticated or, or not they are in terms of approaching it.
2: Know me and show me that you know me. It could be everything from a personalized email. In fact, 70% of brands today fail to use personalized email. Um, so, I mean, boy, that's a real straightforward example that you could generally really improve. Um, everything from dear name. Insert product, incorporate last transaction, um, any kind of demographic information you have about me in a channel communication, right? To maybe derived insights, things that you can then learn about somebody: are they gluten free? Are they a health conscious? Are they, you know, health concern? You know, and then what? How you communicate that is obviously another way. And then, of course, much more advanced um, is everything from the. The, the offer to the content to then the sequence of events, right? Like how do you how do you engage with a consumer over a number of touch points? and that could be automated, that could be, you know, modified based on what happens uh, with a consumer?
1: No, I think one of the things that we talk about a lot is, I think people are still just confused about personalization in general and thinking, I think we talked to one of the Forrester analysts around personalization, and they made the comment that too often, they have brands that are approaching them that think personalization is still just adjusting a subject line with a first name in it, or sending out an email on a birthday. I think it's getting to the point where people are just starting to kind of get through that top layer to really understand how deep the personalization can really go.
2: Totally agree with that, um, and it really does depend on the brand and their maturity and the, the vertical as well. You know, financial services. Insurance can gain a significant uh, amount from being able to just, you know, engage in a little bit more of a granular level than maybe, you know, retailers are a little bit more uh, sophisticated and mature here. Have gone through the paces a bit, um, and with CPG, you know, being and emerging as well. But um, there's all kinds of great stats about personalization and, you know, the impact that it can provide. Um, you know, on on a median basis, personalized email can generate an ROI of 122%. Um, uh, And here's another one. 65% of email marketers say dynamic content is the most effective personalization tactic. Um, So there's a lot of ways to look at this.
0: That's a good good place to say we've got an understanding of what it is, uh, certainly for the purpose of today's conversation. And also we've started to touch on why it is important that brands uh, are spending a lot of time thinking around this. To to help ground things further, I suppose we should look at a few examples of the sort of the good, the bad, and, and maybe the ugly.
1: Yeah, no, I think we all experience these examples daily. There's this delicate dance of being able to play out all these brands trying to be personalized and useful and focused on using their data and insights to make the consumer experience better versus personalizing for more creepy levels. Um, Patrick, with your use of experience in mind, do you have any examples of bad, crazy, good? What are some things that really stand out to you?
2: Yeah, I'll give a couple good ones. I mean, I kind of like what Spotify is doing now with, um, you know, they're recommending uh, interests, you know, based on my musical tastes. And it's, there is an algorithm there that's trying to generate um, interesting kind of ancillary songs and playlists that I didn't think of um, that actually kind of remind me of things that I love. Um, Starbucks, I think, does an amazing job, right? What they're doing with their Stardash program and their mobile app and what they're doing with um, their STARS program and the recommendations they make. Um, Super cool, Um, you know, the traditional things like Coca-Cola, putting your name in a bottle, right? Kind of neat, um, maybe a little more manual. Um, And even like Stitch Fix, you know, I, I use Stitch Fix and uh, it's a little more manual. You know, you get your your personalized designer and they're trying to work with you and provide that unique outfit based on the profile that you've kind of uh, created. But man, there's a bunch of silly ones. 1-800-Flowers, I get these emails every day. It is constant. You're saying you're not a true romantic. <laughs> it's true as we kind of come upon uh, on Valentine's Day, maybe they're onto something. But boy, the the urgency, it's, it's like, it, it's constant. It is... Um, So, like, there's a creepy factor, like you guys alluded to. There's a content relevance factor. Then there's like the velocity or the volume factor, too. Like, how much is too much? Um, So, that, and then I would say, like, I don't know, um, Shutterfly has been famous for putting out um, emails to people about congratulations on your new baby when they actually didn't have a baby and they may have been, you know, struggling to uh, infertility challenges. those are a couple of famous ones, but I know there's there's others.
0: What's happened there is they've taken a series, a bit a bit of data, and they've made inference from that, and then taken that to mean it's this. So in this case, it's probably people looking at baby products, maybe because they're browsing early on. Unfortunately, it hasn't resulted in in, in in that time the outcome they wanted, which is a child. But the brand has still, outreached and fired the trigger on assuming that uh, nine months down the line, that a, a child has been born.
2: I have a couple uh, children of myself, and on, on Amazon, um, you know, I haven't shopped for my kids in many years for, you know, baby diapers or anything like that, but um, I'm buying things for my dog all the time. and But that, for them, uh, the Amazon recommendations are diapers, <laughs> even though it's been many years since I've uh, needed to buy diapers on, on Amazon. Um, so it's either historical latency or is it just sort of making a misconnection?
0: There's one thing that's it's topical as well coming out of the last couple of weeks. It's, it's having that emphasis on when you do have data and you can act on it. It's making sure that you keep your customer in mind. And that that is as simple as how would you feel with some of these other scenarios if you were reached out by a brand. And the one that always uh, gets me, I heard about a brand that basically does caskets and they did caskets for baskets instead. They were sending out baskets of uh, food and goodies to um, um, uh, 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 elderly care homes to basically just sort of, in their theory, I guess, reach out to say, we're a friendly funeral place. But of course, uh, you know, for the people who have children and family members, getting a, a basket of goodies isn't the best way to, you know, uh, comfort people who are, yeah, in, in facilities that are meant to
2: be looking after them. Right. Getting a basket for a condolences when you're not actually dead yet. That's it's, uh, kind of creepy.
0: Kayla, what, what ones have stood up for you? Uh,
1: my favorite,
0: like,
1: creepy personalization story is that... Um, one on Target back from 2012, where the dad went into his mailbox and he got Target coupons addressed to his daughter. And they were coupons for like maternity clothes and diapers. And he actually like went on social media and like yelled about this to Target and was like, why are you guys encouraging my daughter to get pregnant? She's in high school. And he had to call customer service the next week and apologize because his daughter was actually pregnant. They just um, they had an algorithm that looked at the, what vitamins she was buying and things she was browsing and decided she was pregnant and sent this to her home and basically kind of outed her to her parents.
2: Horrible! It's like they got it right, but they shouldn't have.
1: They've managed to correct themselves over the years. I will say they've gotten really good about their targeting, targeting a Target um, in their app and their uh, cartwheel. I love how I always personalize offers just based off of what I've purchased in the past. It's always like right there at the top. Um, Another good example, my husband and I stumbled on this the other night, Netflix has this new feature where it has like a recommend, like just a play something for me button. And it's kind of like a surprise, like you click it and it pops up a show based off of all the different things you've ever watched. And so through that, like we watched an entire like the bridgerton we watched that whole series and then we're on two imposters now and i think every time they do it it's just a really good recommendation so they've gotten that really well
2: that's really cool the key is to create different personas right so your uh, kids are you know you're not grabbing kids shows for your persona because then they get mixed in to the recommendations that happen but uh, they make it pretty easy to set up personas so
0: they um and on that actually this is another sort of world worlds collide netflix and and cheetah but the the amount of information that they could get on people's show habits of course that informs their planning for creating future content um i mean i mean when arrested development came back it's because people were binging it and netflix were uh, frankly going right we need to make some more of this so people keep joining us um but is um uh you know quick little cheater experiences plug. I'm just saying that's uh, one of the un, the utilized f- tools we have in that f- uh, capacity because it's, it's market research, getting information back on people just by, you know, encouraging them to, um, to to give feedback on what you're doing.
1: It is. And as we were going through this exercise, I actually kind of realized when you think about it, every bad example, it was the brand was trying to encourage the user solely to purchase, right? So the female home example, they just wanted the families to know they existed because, hey, your loved one is probably halfway to the other side at this point, like, you can buy a casket from us, right? The, yeah, Amazon, they just want you to buy, buy baby stuff, apparently, which is horrible, um, Target, they just wanted you to buy stuff, but when they swap it around and they look at how can we make the customer's experience better, when you look at Target with their app and Netflix with their, and Spotify, With their recommendations when they're actually focused on what the consumer is doing it's so much better
2: definitely creating that that relationship that trust which uh, is hard to establish sometimes and knowing that you're not being sold to constantly and that they're just trying to help you remove friction in many cases from your daily life
0: patrick with some of the stats you gave at the outset it's it's clear why we need to be considering uh, personalization. And it's also clear why brands are so keen to, to do it because it was well, a must. And inevitably that will lead to good and bad results, which is what we just covered. But I guess at this point, let's, let's again sort of dip back in, uh, in time, get hop on the DeLorean or whatever you wanna call it. How have vendors help, tried to help brands uh, address this, this, this subject?
2: Yeah. Like I was saying earlier, personalization is not a new concept and marketers have been trying to solve this problem from the beginning of time. Um, But about 20 years ago, um, when I was just starting out in my career now, um, uh, a lot of of these vendors emerged um, that were trying to bring digital to the forefront, right? And they were trying to have a better uh, relationship, try to deliver more uh, specific recommendations, uh, targeted offers. They're trying to test you know, test and tune. Is it the red button? Is it the blue button? Who's clicking on which? Let's change that. But it was, uh, so a whole class of vendors. Many of them have been consolidated into the marketing clouds. Um, some still remain, um, uh, but it's a very narrow use case. And frankly, it's, it's anonymous cookie-based type work where um, you don't really know the consumer. You don't really know the history. People, you know, it's this cookie, this ID, this visitor. Um, and you're having to do some fuzzy magic to to sort of determine what the most relevant content is. In many cases, it's just sort of guesswork and learning off the back of the clicks and and then trying to adjust. Um, So that that class of vendors is, it's still around. Um, ABN testing, multivariate testing, digital targeting, merchandising, search optimization. Um, These things are, I think, a little more table stakes now, Um, but I think we've really evolved beyond that with um, you know the approach that we talk about quite a bit right around zero party
0: yeah and and of course the the challenge for all of us is even those vendors that have been around for 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 time the world's changed around them Um, in fact the sands have shifted quite quickly in the last few years especially around cookies and um, uh, third-party data as well which um, some I'm sure would have would base their, their their model on
1: Let's chat a little bit more in detail about Chida's own vision for next gen
2: personalization.
1: How are we going to be delivering what brands are actually looking for moving forward?
2: Yeah, it's it's a great question, and we're definitely not trying to deliver the try the, the the traditional, you know, your grandmother's approach to personalization, um, like a fine wine. We're trying to we're blending together approaches that we've seen successful in the past, and really trying to paint a picture or provide a solution for what I would call and what we've heard from other customers is next generation personalization, right? And um, personalization with a capital P is, I think, a little bit more of a combination of real-time engagement in those moments, right? When you engage with a consumer in the store, on the site, um, in that moment, uh, what can you recognize about them? What contextually can you leverage? And then what can you deliver? That's a value. Um, by evaluating not you know similar entities and cookies, but really the individual's profile and their zero-party data, their interests, their hopes, their their demographics. That coupled with um, what I would call you know orchestration and journey orchestration is another one of those terms I think um, people get confused around. Like campaign management emerged 20 years ago as well for like let's take this big group of audience people from the Chicago area. Let's blast them through these steps. All right, step one. And then five days later, we'll go to step two. And 10 days later, we we'll go to step three. And everybody's going through, right? Um, to the concept, you know, journeys in their truest sense is everybody is an individual. Like you flow through based on the moments, based on the events, you know, and you go through that process uh, on demand. It's not sort of in batch. It's not sort of in bulk. It's, it's definitely in real time. So the second part of that, Vision is is uh, orchestration, journey orchestration, and the third, um, I think, is adding intelligence to the content, the offers um, that we deliver. And and offers is one of those terms, another you know confusion point. I think it's really more about content. It could be a message. It could be thank you for being a great customer. It could be a coupon. It could be a text message. It could be a confirmation. Right. Um, But how do you add intelligence um to that so if you have a thousand different options that we can offer you julian um a thousand different things we can say to you as a brand right as as we talked with you in in sort of this bi-directional discussion um how do we quickly arbitrate that how do we quickly eliminate the ones that are absolutely irrelevant how do we quickly surface the top one and actually if you've already seen or been exposed to or have you know, an affinity to one thing, how do we change to the next one, right? Very quickly. So um, intelligent offers or intelligent content, I think is the third tent pole of that story. Um, so again, a blend of, of, I think, markets that we've seen emerge in the past a- across real-time engagement, journey orchestration and intelligent um, content or intelligent offer management.
0: Excellent. I mean, and what you described there is if you're doing that, <laughs> frequently on uh, uh, you've got an evolving feedback loop where you're you're constantly making sure that you're in connection and you understand your your customer and your consumer and one thing we we stress a lot is of course that people are changing over time Patrick, you already mentioned you're not buying diapers anymore um i am now of course so um congratulations you know, <laughs> thanks yeah i love buying diapers perhaps <laughs> i'm gonna try something here before i give it back to kayla and if we don't like it we're gonna we're going to just snip it out because that's the magic of editing with those free tent poles of yeah. what, what we do if we took a and I'd, i'm gonna suggest like a footwear brand or a, a cleats brand like a, a soccer cleats brand a marketer selling that how would they sort of uh consider using those different elements uh to 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 snare their purchase for 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 me to say say i'm i'm browsing right now for new football cleats or
2: soccer cleats depending on your your persuasion yeah.
0: where do we start as a marketer
2: thinking about it absolutely so it's it's about um you might be going to the website i uh, might be using your mobile device um you might be engaging on the mobile app of the brand um it's recognizing you as a visitor it might recognize that you've been there before um and then it's sort of um trying to take contextual clues around um wow you're interested in clicking on men's shoes you're interested in this size and this style um and ensuring that we we kind of wink nudge sort of keep an eye on that and ensure that we um are reminding you of that. If you decide to leave the session, it's certainly about reminding you of that, or, or perhaps you know a, a day or so later when you come back, it's sort of re- remembering that session, kind of continuing where we left off. It's not like trying to reintroduce yourself to somebody who you met a day ago and they completely forget who you are. It's sort of like, oh, hey, Kate, hey uh, Julian or Kayla, it's great to see you again. And um, let's k- pick up the conversation where we left off. Um, and then that can certainly take in the form of other channels that you might be interested in, right? Whether that's mobile push or maybe that's an SMS or perhaps an email that includes some recommendations, right, of things um, that you might be interested in from uh, different shoes, different styles, different sporting clubs, uh, and uh, being able to help you, you know, along that that journey with uh, some intelligence there, recommendations, and certainly adapting to that. Um, So that's just an example of really weaving together web and email and some of the recommendations um, on a a more simple level.
1: Patrick and I have actually had the pleasure of spending the last few weeks presenting to analysts for many, many hours. Um, It's been a lot of fun. We've learned a lot of things, had a lot of great conversations. They have a ton of insights. Patrick, what are some of the things that you can share today that you hear the analysts are showing a lot of interest in when it comes to personalization and even, you know, Cheetah personalization as we've presented uh, over the past few weeks.
2: Yeah, it's a great, it's a great point. And, um, you know, we align to a lot of the analyst firms, we try to, to understand their vision. Um, you know, in in order to deliver great personalization, you need the data, right? And so, you hear that famous stat from Gartner, about 80% of marketers are swearing off their personalization efforts by 2025. And that's a little bit of a dramatic statement they made. And frankly, they will admit to you that that was really a call to action for marketers to really get their act together in terms of how they measure the impact of their engagement and their personalization strategies. Um, And they don't believe it's going away. I think they're they're really saying this is ripe for reinvention and ripe for a better, you know, data-driven approach. And um, you know, at Forrester they talk about systems of insight and um, being able to have that single view of the customer that incorporates, you know, data sources and data types and data cadences. Um, you know, and that was actually one of the big stats, even on the Gartner side, that they um, found to be uh, one of the reasons why marketers are are um, swearing off their personalization efforts or said they would be and had 27% of um, marketers claim that data was the major obstacle to success around personalization. And that was like, can we get the data fast enough? Can we get it organized? Can we get it in the right place? Can we link it? Can we ensure that this is, you know, these four things are Kayla. These are four entities that are, these are four different profiles that we can consolidate or do we keep them separate? Is she part of a household um, that has different users or not? And those types of things have to be done very seamlessly and it's just a massive, massive headache. Um, So for uh, the analysts, I think would agree on the foundation of needing a a data layer to really help you um, with that. And then um, you know, I think of next generation personalization as we talked about, and that's been written about quite a bit by a lot of the the analyst firms um, bringing into account real-time interaction management and identity as we talked about. Um, And then certainly systems of engagement, um, where, um, you know, you have the ability to activate to any touchpoint or any moment. um, And really the concept of channel, I feel like is really getting tired now. It's really more about um, touchpoints or moments and um, being able to activate um, to any different, uh, you know, location or touchpoint deliver on that insight and then be able to bring all the data back um, is something we hear a lot about. Um, so it really cuts across a lot of the categories and, and things. You know, Some of the analysts focus on a magic quadrant around personalization. I feel like that needs maybe a, to be modernized a little bit, but then you have some of the other analyst firms are talking about CDP and the data layer. You have others that are talking about um, the cross-channel nature of things. And it's a real intersection um, across all these areas.
1: I love that. One of my favorite things that you say is how it's not about channels anymore. It's touch points. I think that's such a huge takeaway where so many marketers are focused on, okay, what is our social strategy? What is our display strategy? What is our SMS strategy? And I think the big thing that, you know, as Cheetah Digital are you know, talking through our CES and underpinned all by that EDP, the data layer you're talking about is it's not, it's not about SMS. It's not about social. It's about the individual touch points where you're going to meet that consumer in their moment and what they need to see and hear what they want right there. I think that's an incredible message that we need to shout from the rooftops.
2: Yeah. Like the channels are a means to an end and I don't want to belittle the channels or, but, but um, it's really about like, a, having a brain, like having it like, like this centralized hub that can determine what is the left hand and the right hand doing? Are they aligned? <laughs> like, are things all working in concert? Has um, this content stale? Does it need to be replaced? Yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's really at the platform.
0: Busy few weeks for sure on on all the stuff you've me been doing around that, that analyst work. Um, Patrick, I think I'm gonna we'll round it down now, wind it down. So that's the actual term. Sure. Me putting my old, um, you know, uh, sh- feet in someone else's shoes and looking at it from from the marketing side, uh, you know, from a, a brand side. Sorry. I know it's a big term, personalization and next gen personalization. But today, sat in a chair, they may have just listened to the great Patrick Tripp say some really interesting things. Where do they start? What would be the first thing they just need to have into consideration? Is there a one piece that they could go, right,
2: I'm going to just look at this and then see where it leads? It's really about um, understanding your customer engagement strategy and really trying to have a, a good plan. But, um, you know, I talked about the data aspect of things and there's a lot you can do. I mean, you can be quickly capturing insights around digital and mobile Uh, with the plant of just some quick uh, elements on your digital properties, Um, being able to create a value exchange through um, acquisition experiences and the fact that um, you can really, um, you know, answer questions and engage with the brand about what you're really, you're interested in is a great way to sort of start to learn and capture and collect and aggregate. Right. And um, so for me, it's strategy, but certainly getting the data foundation, um, but then, boy, you could do so many great things once you can get that moving.
0: Yeah, that's that's your, almost your foundational piece there. You, you sort your data out, and uh, you know what you've got to play with, and what was again with the customer in mind, how it can help their their journey. Then we can build on that. And that's that's a great answer.
1: You've had a wonderful career. You've worked on the analyst side. You've worked on um, our side here. You've worked with great, great companies 20 years. I'm quoting you. Promise <laughs> I'm not saying that on my own. That's <laughs> true. What is a piece of knowledge you wish you could share with everyone, whether it's it could be personal, professional? What's the one piece of wisdom that you want to uncage for everyone listening?
2: Yeah. Wow. Fantastic question. Um, you know, you got to, you got to experiment a lot. You got to try things. You have to try strategies. You need to really understand the customer. You need to really um, get that feedback from a product management standpoint, right? It's the voice of the customer is so valuable voice of, you know, for a customer, for a brand is so powerful, right? It, it really di- directs, you know, the strategy that you should create. I don't think, you know, to this day, like we all don't do enough of that, right? We're just, you know, customer advisory, feedback, surveys, you know, collecting more insight. Um, it's always a best practice and it's hard to execute. Um, shouldn't be, but it, it is for many larger companies. So um, yeah, always keep the customer in mind. And, um, you know, there's all, you can create things in a vacuum, but without that true customer insight, without that voice of the customer, I think all these strategies, they fall flat. So that would be the one little pearl wisdom that I could whip out. I love it. Kind of a centralized
1: theme is keeping the customer in the center.
2: We've been talking about this for a while to do the, 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 the
0: second half of our uh, crossover special. So um, um, we, we've got ourselves on the pulse and we've got you on Uncaged. But just before you say goodbye, do a quick pulse plug if you wanted. That'd be good, wouldn't it?
2: Oh, sure. Yeah. So we're excited to be a part of the family here at Cheetah that um, is doing a lot of great podcasts, audio, video, and the like. Um, Cheetah uh, Pulse is the Cheetah product podcast. We're trying to bring in some of the product experts across the company on a regular basis, even some partners along the way um, to just talk about the latest and greatest that the innovation that we're, we're creating. And um, you can go to cheetahdigital.com and you'll see under um, resources, you'll see the video podcast for all of our series. So it's, it's exciting to do the crossover. Uncaged Pulse or Pulse Wisdom, whatever you want to call it. Um, I feel like uh, we got to do more of this for sure. Yeah. Patrick, thank
0: you so much. Um, yeah, I hope you had some good time. Yeah, thank you.
2: A lot of fun. Thank you so much.
1: Subscribe to Uncaged Wisdom for the latest and greatest in digital marketing insights and how they're solving problems with software and strategies.